0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today.
1: Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you today?
0: I'm doing fine, doing good, fine. Good. And I, I just know you did your homework last night. You sat there for two hours. Yeah, yeah. no, I did not. I don't I think I made that either. But yeah. uh, we, we got the, um, uh, you know, the analysts to get on afterwards and tell us what we were supposed to hear <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but you know, I did listen to a fair amount of it. Oh, yeah? and, uh, it was. It, it was sort of strange and eerie, if anything else. I, it didn't uh, sound like uh, uh, a speech that you were going to get some legitimate information. But when do you get it from speeches like this? It's, yeah. it's usually propaganda. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess Biden wanted to prove he was still on a little stamina to so stayed stood up there for two hours but that's that's pretty good but saying something is important as well yeah so uh you know i don't think i learned a whole lot uh i think it confirms a lot of of what's going on and this whole thing about uh uh, foreign policy, I think, is is the big big thing for me on his speech because he did mention it. He talked about Russia, and and I think the uh, foreign policy thing has been uh, sort of pushed aside because you can get and, and we do it our own program because that's what people want to hear yeah. and they want to hear about the war here at home, the yeah. war uh, you, you know, get against COVID. Yeah. So th- this uh, this was a uh, you know a chance for them to talk about it. But really, we, we don't learn a whole lot. But the one thing that uh, impressed me afterwards, when you got to see any Republican comment on it, boy, they were upset with Biden, of course. That's their job. They're Republican. They're yeah. Democrats. We shouldn't admit uh, anything other than the fact, well, he, he really, according to the Republican leadership, came up short. Yeah. He came up short. He was not hawkish enough, but you know what? Isn't this so sort of ironic? He, he's getting condemned for not being hawkish enough. And this whole mess in the Ukraine is, is, has been manufactured by the Democrats. Yeah. I mean, if they wanted a antagonism, you know, uh, they've had uh, they've had their share of it, and and that's been going on. We've been talking about it since 2014 when yep. when we uh, you know participated in the coup yeah. and got rid of an elected leader, and uh, so uh, and it's been going on ever since. But now they're concocting things, and when when they talk about another coup, uh, it isn't the coup that occurred back in ni- uh, in 2014. It, it, they're pretending that there's going to be uh, you, you know a coup in uh uh with, with the soviets coming the russians coming yeah, in yeah. and uh they're lined up they're ready to attack they're ready to march they have a lot of troops there so uh they uh, have to Uh, that's a good opportunity for the military-industrial complex to send in their orders. You know, we need a lot of things. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, equipment that has been flowing in there. It's just such a shame that the principle of of self-determination isn't recognized. And yet it was something that... uh, that, that Woodrow Wilson pretended was his, uh, his greatest achievement. We were going to have self-determination because in an area like that, if they had a true vote on it, you know, it, it'd probably be uh, two major segments of one country or two countries or, or whatever. But uh, I don't think we've done much to bring a stability there. Uh, I think there's a lot of people in this country that uh, both Republicans and Democrats would like to agitate and keep this going uh, and they probably, in their minds, at least I hope so, believe they can do this without killing hundreds of thousands of people, but I don't know whether, how, how much they worry about that because their goal is to bring about the antagonism and keep this scene going for various reasons.
1: Well, they did have a vote on it, by the way, remember in, <laughs> in Crimea and people voted to, to rejoin Russia, which they've been part of for centuries. Uh, but, you know, you, t- you say we've been talking about it since 2014. Actually, I remember because I was working for you, you were talking about back in 2006 when we had the Orange Revolution, when the U.S. overthrew uh, another government in Ukraine in favor of a puppet government. Uh, of course, that Yanukovych was overthrown in oh six. He came back into power after they had another free and fair election, and then we overthrew him again. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about The Republicans have learned absolutely nothing from being whacked around by the Democrats. This is the albatross on the Democrats' neck. They're the ones behind 2014. But Republicans can't seem to uh, grasp the idea that they're being had, they're being used. So they seized on this great blunder from Biden last night where he said, well you know, a minor border incursion might not invoke the wrath of the U.S. nuclear arsenal, right? And the Republicans, how dare you? You know, and meanwhile, you know, our own borders, well, forget those. Nobody cares about those. But the fact is, this is a narrative, and you're absolutely right, Dr. Paul, as the sort of, no one wants to talk about COVID, especially the people who locked everyone down for two years. Oh, look, over there, there's something even more important. And I think that's a lot of what they're doing. They're detracting Uh, from their own failures over the past two years. But they're also, and you talk about this a lot, they're projecting. They're talking about the Russians doing all the things that we are actually doing. The Russians are aggressing, they're aggressing, they're amassing troops. Well, yeah, in their own country, unlike us, right? (laughs) In their own country, they have troops. And why might they be doing military exercise and having troops in their country? Why might they be concerned about what's happening next door in Ukraine? Well, I have a couple of clips prepared for you, Dr. Paul, that might explain to people why the Russians might be a little bit concerned about what's going on in Ukraine. And we'll just go through them really quickly before I kick it back over. If we can put up that first one, CIA secretly training Ukrainians on how to kill Russians. They're doing it on U.S. soil. Let's do a next one now. And these CIA-trained paramilitaries may take a central role if Russia invades. We are literally training them how to kill russians and preparing them for it and not only that dr paul let's go to the next one the uk is involved they're sending tons and tons and tons of weapons over there we're training them we're giving them a bunch of weapons and the us is also doing it let's look at the next one finally the next clip this is from ap the biden administration had said earlier that it was providing an additional 200 million dollars in defensive military aid to ukraine so We're training the Ukrainians how to kill Russians. We're sending them tons of weapons, and we are sending them extra tons of weapons, and we're goading them on, and we say, well, the Russians have no reason to be upset about this. You know, I was thinking, these are the kind of people that promote this
0: policy, that if you're in, say, a a more gentle uh, situation and a, a debate, they would say, yeah, I think you're right. I think non-intervention is a good idea, and that's what we should work for. It <laughs> probably pays some lip service to this, yeah. and, and, and with the same time, because they would never admit they do this. And if they did admit they did that, it's all for our national security interest. They say that this is so necessary for our national security, helps bankrupt us, and yeah. and uh, and a few other things. But it uh, it is a I've always seen this type of thing as a danger to our national security, not because all of a sudden they're going to the troops would be marching uh, in the streets of uh, uh, in our country here, but because they would be it would be as if they would not be able to continue to do this. And yet uh, they 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 want to do this. But. You know, I thought Robert Taft had a better yeah, idea. Yeah. You know, it, so the bigger principle that they would, the people who support this policy would never consider, is and the principle is: is do we need this for national security? Do we have the authority under the Constitution? Are we participating in a moral act? Do we have enough money to do this? Uh, what's going on? And there's there's no justification for it, and yet uh, it's sort of how come we are having all these mandates? It's not helping the people. And it turns out that lockdown was dam- damaging to the people, yeah. but there was always somebody that was going to get some benefit from it. You know, there was uh, there was a political advantage, there was a monetary man uh, 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 advantage, and there's also this sense, this satisfaction that we're doing the right thing, and, yeah. you know, and and taking care of public health. And you people that don't agree with us, you're just one, of, you're, you're a bunch of people who are willing to kill just for your policies, so. Th- This is just an example of of a smoldering problem, but the problem is not Ukraine and Russia and NATO as much as it is a problem with interventionism. The fact that we have embarked on this and the founders were rather explicit, although they weren't perfect uh, 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 perpetrators of that policy, staying out of the affairs of foreign nations, you know, just to mind our own business but I'm still very much convinced that when the, not, when the people of this country know what's going on, and if they can see a little bit into the future, uh, they're going to come down and say you know that's uh, uh, that that makes sense why why should we be over there and uh, if, you know what really bothers me when I see results of our needless intervention and we see the injuries coming back and the advertisements on the TV right now for the people who have suffered so and you can't help but have tremendous empathy for them there's such such a tragic uh, result but it was all done in the name of national security and patriotism So uh, we live with a lie. And uh, yet if you if you try to talk people out of this and saying this type of foreign policy, then you're un-American. Well, uh, I I think that uh, uh, our side of this argument deserves some attention.
1: Well, you know, you mentioned it to me before the show, and you really nailed it. You said, you know, the American people really aren't with us on this. And that's true because they've been so propagandized. Whether you watch Fox or MSNBC, you're getting hammered and hammered into your head. It's just like the run-up to the Iraq war. The American people aren't with us on this. Well, because they're they're led to believe falsely that war is cost-free. This is just a cost-free way of pushing other people around because we can. Well, it's not cost-free. There's a lot of opportunity costs. But here's here is something that may shock most americans russia is not about to invade ukraine uh, they have they have a specific set of circumstances that they have outlined very clearly if they happen russia will intervene and they have said if the breakaway republics of donbass uh, are they are attempted to be retaken by force Russia said we will intervene because there are hundreds of thousands of Russian citizens with Russian passports living there. They said we will act to protect Russians living in that area, as any country would do, including the U.S. But Russia is not going to willy-nilly just jump into a war because they think it sounds cool. A, Ukraine is the poorest and most corrupt country in Europe. That's before they're bombed. And ASB News is great on this. They have a great thread. People can look it up on Twitter. That's before it's been bombed. So if it's bombed, it's going to be in even worse shape. So Russia inherits an absolute nightmare. What's that going to do to Putin's popularity at home? He was popular, and this is, again, the UASB military has talked about this. He got back Crimea without bloodshed at all, and that boosted his popularity. If he goes into Ukraine just for the fun of it and loses a few thousand Russians and inherits this huge, messed-up, worthless country right now not the people but the economy and the corruption he's going to go like this at home there'll be no benefit the economic benefit won't be there because there'll be sanctions coming out the yin-yang there is literally no reason why he would do it and if you look last thing dr paul sorry to get on my high horse here. but if you look at past practice we have known whatever you think of putin it doesn't matter we have a long record of him in charge of Russia in one way or another. He has never acted in a rash, irrational way. It doesn't say if he's a good guy or a bad guy, it doesn't matter. He doesn't jump into things where there's no benefit to him. He was involved in Syria because there was a benefit to him and in elsewhere. This would be a, a, the opposite of a benefit. He's not gonna do it. I think
0: you made a good point on why uh, people, you know, are lackadaisical about it and they go along with it because they think it's cost free. And that's what <laughs> that's what the, the, the where they're really off. Not only is it not cost free, they do justify it because they may think that there will be a temporary cost. But it's been a known fact that many leaders of countries sort of look for a war. Even in this country, it's been known a little war because that boosted the economy, which is so much nonsense. It doesn't. It yes, World War Two. Believe me, it took care of the unemployment in, uh, uh-huh. in, in of uh, the 1930s. But but people died because of it, and people, uh, you know, their job was to be in foxholes getting shot at, and that's. Harley should be construed as being, uh, uh, you know, an employment. So that that is not true. It's very, very costly. The ultimate cost, though, is the loss of freedom and people dying from this. So it's a it's a foreign policy that need not exist. And uh, on paper, the founders were very clear with this. And even today, a lot of people would accept it and say, yeah, that sounds pretty good, but you know, those Russians, you can't trust them. So if you, don't, if you don't stand up to the Russians, they are going to do these invasions. And I think your assessment is absolutely right that uh, there, there's no purpose for, them, for, for Putin to start marching into, into Iran, uh, Ukraine.
1: And, you know, the game plan is the same as the U.S. had for Syria. We want to attract and suck the Russians in. They're going to get bogged down like they did in Afghanistan, and they're and we're going to be able to defeat them that way. It's the same game plan over and over again. There's no new thinking in the Pentagon or in the, or in the Beltway. They think they're going to suck them in. Russian response goes in, gets bogged down. Uh, they fight. They get stuck in there. They didn't do it in Syria. They went in, they got the job done, and they left. They went into Kazakhstan, they got the job done, they left within a week. That's how they work. Uh, So this is what happens when analysts do mirror imaging, you know, they they analyze uh, their opponent uh, using the same thought processes as they have for themselves. They project their own desires for behavior upon their opponents. It doesn't work that way in the real world, and that's why Washington's foreign policy analysis is always, always wrong because they're always mirror imaging uh, and they're always talking to each other in a bubble
0: and we have to realize the this policy of per war is very very bipartisan it's it's there's no there's no anti-war party and we've sort of lost the progressive democrats A lot that them, uh, yeah. we, that we used to be able to work with uh and and also well they were identified in the 60s uh uh, you know, being uh, being the uh, uh, leaders against the war in Vietnam, uh, but now they they are not there, uh, and and that that is a real tragedy. But it might mean there's going to be a realignment. Uh, if if the anti-war people are to uh, exist, they're going to have to align themselves with independents, uh, uh, y- you know, conservative Republicans, uh, progressives that still exist, yeah. and uh, br- bring people together. But if it's done by the, the problems in the Republican and Democratic parties, they they have so so little to offer and uh so that to me, was a sad part about the speech today, that uh there it was sort of pro war, and uh, uh the Republicans said, "You don't have enough, yeah <laughs> we want, we want more and more."
1: The sad thing about this, just a little comment, is though you're right about allies and it's very difficult now, but it's very sad to see the MAGA populists, the people who supported Make America Great Again, going for this aggressive foreign policy. It doesn't make America great. It makes Lockheed Martin great. It makes Raytheon great. It makes the well-connected elites great. It doesn't do anything for the guy who's working for a living out in Kansas. Boy, that's for sure. Uh China, I think, is next because we're not only rattling yeah, it's, <laughs> the uh, sabers. <laughs> they used to
0: they would always bring that up, up when they talk about defense, that you have to be capable of fighting two world wars at one time. Yeah, now, how do you do that? <laughs> you don't want one at a time. Well, that's what they do now. But but uh, the foreign policy has been uh, worldwide. I mean, we, we've been messing around and aggravating and, and antagonizing the Chinese for a long time. But, but they're bad people, you know, yeah. and they don't treat their people right. Sometimes they don't prote- protect the civil liberties of their citizens. And sometimes that happens here. know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, that doesn't happen. Sometimes it it happens here. I mean, it used to be uh, Ed Snowden and Assange that we would talk about, but now we talk about a lot lot of people. They just want to lock them up, you know, uh, the the whole and and have them lose their jobs and all those threats. But we we want to look at the positive things of that issue. But no, we we're not. We have no right to pretend that we can lecture to other people on civil liberties, and we're we're going to boycott. Company A, B, and C because they've used forced labor. Well, what if what if you are uh, lose your job if you don't do what the government tells you? Oh, if you don't get your shots and do all this, you're out of here. And uh, so, so there's a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe more, a little sophi- more sophisticated, but it's still it's still force and intimidation. Yeah. But no, I wanted to mention that about about China. We've been messing around in the South China Sea for a long time, and I keep thinking, you know, they were dredging and they were trying to get these islands uh, you, you know, off the shore. And that was a threat to the United States. And I thought, well, we don't even allow the Chinese Navy to cruise around the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and, and we're over there testing them all the time. Yeah. And we might have a picture here. I just think it's astounding of the um, amount of aircraft carriers and all that flow around to those, uh, the South China Sea. And it's, it's just so intimidating. And I think uh, well, th- those, those, those things, were around and they sort of gave up on that to win a war. Uh, that's like World War Two equipment. I mean, w- the technology that is available now with uh, all the drones and everything else. You know, a surface vessel. I cannot believe is a real protection of our national security. What would help our national security would be to uh, quit antagonizing people and yeah, in yeah, the yeah, Fed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the Fed they couldn't afford it. Yeah. And they couldn't
1: print the money. <laughs> Well, let's put up that next picture, as Dr. Paul was talking about, carrier strike groups. This is a picture of a carrier strike group. It's like something from the 40s, really. It doesn't. <laughs> it seems very out of place. It's an anachronistic. But uh, Dave DeCamp, our friend over at antiwar.com, had a good piece where he talked about in 2021, this first year of the Biden presidency, they have almost doubled the number of carrier strike groups in the South China Sea as compared to that evil Trump in 2020, the year before. So double the amount double the amount of provocations, double the amount of you know, poking them in the eye with our thumbs, putting these ridiculous carrier groups over there in their backyards.
0: Well, they, this would be fertile field for people who think we should have less CO2 in the air or the environment. Yeah, I, know, exactly. I, would, I would say this, that they're a but you know what? It is our military that has probably caused more pollution than, the the, than all the, the industries in the country. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. the biggest polluter in, in many ways. <laughs> so. Well,
1: we've got some other business to do and we're running short on time. <laughs> oh, so boy. You got we got long-winded. <laughs> I know. Well, there's a lot to talk about. You've got something on, uh, that you found on Zero Hedge about illegals. And yeah this is pretty amazing is really to me amazing. I, I,
0: holy man you know there's it's, it's getting more difficult to when people leave and go to another country and i and this is real because i w- i've talked to some students and all and say yeah we want to do this and we want to go here but we're not certain we can get back in our country and we have to have these shots and do all this thing but the, the, here's the solution uh, illegals can now use arrest warrants as identifications of fly. They can, they can get in front of the line. It's sort of like they get in front of the line for, how, for government housing yeah. as as American people are out on the, living in the streets. But this, this is positively amazing. Uh, I thought... Now we know why they're having it, but what if an American have a search warrant out for him? I wonder if that would qualify. <laughs>
1: Boy, I, I, I don't I think that's a good idea. <laughs> well, with the Soros' DAs everywhere around the country, you can't even get arrested. I don't know what you have to do to get yeah, arrested. Yeah, that's you, right. If you shoot someone, you can't get arrested. Well, there's a couple of pieces that's sort of a follow-up in a way, because we've talked about how the vaccine mandate, especially with the Supreme Court's ruling, uh, but it really is dying everywhere. And let's put up this next clip, because... Uh, This is big news because of the number of employees and how ubiquitous this particular company is across the country. Starbucks has dropped its vaccine and test mandate for employees after Supreme Court ruling. We're talking about lots and lots of workers who no longer face being fired. And my guess is, Dr. Paul, it's not because of anything, uh, any realization that this is the right moral thing to do. My guess is, and it's just a guess, but there's a bottom line component to this as well because People are having a heck of a time. Even just looking around here in Lake Jackson, they are begging people. Bucky's is paying people 30 bucks an hour as shift managers. They are begging for people to come to work. My guess is part of it is they're desperate for workers, but we'll take whatever victory we can but, get.
0: But you know, there's another factor. People leave because they're looking for a better job and it's higher paying. People are hurting because wages never keep up with inflation. You know, the generalized price inflation. And uh, they're starting to recognize it exists. They were in denial for a long time. But now, in reality, the real wages uh, do not keep up And uh, people there are there's a lot of jobs out there. I think this is the time for me to go out on my own. I'm going to start my business. And some of that is good and healthy to try to make up for what the government has done. But that's uh, uh, it's a more complex problem. And uh, they they are they are hurting. There is no doubt about it uh, when they're looking for more jobs and and people are going to leave. But um, Starbucks. uh, I I have some admiration for the company because it's well managed yeah. and uh and yet at the same time uh when I when they come to their social policies and all I uh you know get a little bit uncomfortable but uh I I don't think I don't think their heart is in uh,
1: uh defending liberty as we would describe it. Yeah. Well here's the irony though as you gently put it correctly <laughs> the Starbucks is known as being very woke and very leftish in a lot of their perspectives about the, around the world. But here's another company that's an absolute favorite of working class Americans. Uh, and let's put up this next clip. This is a company that blue collar people love, Carhartt. It is one of the, I think one of the few clothing manufacturers that manufacture clothing here in the U.S. It was founded in the 19, uh, 1900s here in the U.S. Or in the in the nineteenth century, actually late nineteenth century in the U.S., it's still in the same family. They make stuff here in the U.S. Uh, people, you know, we got the, we have the, the plants right down the way. People who work down in the plants love Carhartt's clothes. But here's an interesting story. I was talking to someone who works in the plants uh, the other day, and he said he was he was leaving work, Dr. Paul, and he he uh, looked and he saw in a in a garbage bin a bunch of Carhartt jackets, and he thought, what the heck is going on? Was there a chemical spill? What's going on? So he Googled it, and what's going on with Carhartt? Well, it turns out, and let's put that back up. Carhartt is facing calls for boycott after vaccine mandates. Carhartt's CEO said, I don't care what the Supreme Court says. I don't care how you feel. You are gonna have to have a vaccine if you wanna work in this company. And our friends, the workers down at the plants, they took off their jackets, and these aren't cheap jackets, Dr. Paul. They took off their jackets, and they threw them in the dump. They threw them in the trash can. And that says a lot. I think it's an incredibly dumb move on their part.
0: The resistance is spreading and it's doing some good. And, and when they put these restrictions on, it was even after the Supreme Court gave them yeah, some cover. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they didn't they didn't have the mandate uh, as strong as it was. It's just pressure. But they have to be true believer in wokeism. Yeah, they're they're too bogus. Well or
1: just dumb because we know when we talk about it almost every day that it's it's pretty well known now that these the shots that Fauci has been pimping out for a while they're not working against Omicron. We know from South Africa, we know from from elsewhere, we know from Israel. We talked about that. So the guy obviously is not maybe he's watching Rachel Maddow every night, but the thing is the shots are not effective for this. So if his if his idea is to keep people from getting this Omicron, it's not going to happen. So. He's, you know, if I were the owner of the company, I would think about a new CEO. You know, I think
0: one thing that has helped us make this point and and what we're, why we're seeing a subtle shift away from that nonsense is uh, it, when the truth started coming out about the kids. You know uh, yeah. how they were suffering at the uh, at the, at the same time. It was, it was totally unnecessary, and uh, that's when the parents started getting more involved and in going to a, a PTA meeting. So. Yeah, the, the people will wake up, but it's so slow. Of course, when I work with foreign policy, I'd yeah. like to wake them up before you have to wait 10 years as we waited in the 60s, you know, of all the, well, guns and butter, we can do it. We won't have to pay for it and this sort of thing. Yeah, uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a tragedy of what goes on because this could be prevented with a couple of... Simple rules and a little bit of common sense, but then uh, it, it te- also tells us that though, the power of the demagogues and the propagandists, they are very very powerful and uh, and and they they have the ear of the politicians because it's so by bar bipartisan. So most of the people who vote for these bills, remember, I think at the beginning when you first came to Washington, I think we used to get about 12 people uh, voting against uh, some of these wild. Uh, automatically, you were you were a terrible, terrible person if you voted against any military spending. Yeah. But that number has risen. Yeah. But it, it's still it's still tragic that uh, the propagandists are so powerful. But it may well be that uh, people uh, they say that one of the strongest motivation for a, a politician is getting reelected, so uh, they have to talk to their lobbyist friends.
1: Yeah. To, to get their money. Well, our next our next, and second to last little topic is a follow-up from yesterday because yesterday we, we were pretty bold. We went out there and said yeah. from Britain to Israel, these places are rushing to get rid of their vaccine mandate. And The show did very well and we're thankful for that. But just as I got home, I sent you an email. Look, there's more. So <laughs> let's put up this next clip because this is absolutely fantastic news if you're interested in personal liberty. The new Czech government dismisses mandate vaccination plan they were just sworn in the previous government uh, was forcing people to get vaccinated it's pretty low there they've had a lot of protests in Prague lots and I think we may have shown some of them on our show but the new government came in and said this is too divisive we don't need this divisiveness in our population among our population we're going to cancel it we're going to get rid of this mandate we still think vaccines are a good idea and you should probably take them but we're not gonna force you to take them. So that I think is great news. Good, I think we uh, should have flipped our last
0: two because we like to finish on that positive <laughs> You just gave us the positive oh, no. <laughs> Now the one that I have right now that'll be probably our last point uh, is not quite so positive. It's, it's ridiculous, and uh, but not, not as positive. But anyway, the messages are out there, the good and the bad. And the one I want to talk about that makes no sense at all, you know, our friends up in Canada, uh, there was a time when uh, people who resisted war and a few other things, uh, and the protection of those who uh, were involved in civil liberties, we would look to the Canadians because I I thought they were superior to some of the things that we were doing. And that's why people who hated the war in Vietnam would go to Canada. Of course, uh, they were frowned upon by doing that, but... uh, Right now, uh, they get a little goofy, and, uh, and, and I know we have supporters in Canada, but our supporters in Canada are not goofy. No, they're good people they're, up there. They're, they're the good ones. We've sorted them out. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, um, the, the, there's a shortage of uh, food up there, real food shortage. And it's, it's come about for already because of, 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 of you know, the uh, delivery goods and services has been interrupted due to COVID rules. Uh, there's not enough drivers for various reasons and economic reasons. And there's already inflation. So things have been grossly distorted. So there has been shortages. So the. Um, Uh, the the Canadians decided I don't I don't think they were trying to solve those problems but they try but they ended up making it much worse so they said well this this uh, vaccine thing, we we're not under the jurisdiction of the Supreme Court in yeah. in uh, in uh, United States, so they they uh, they decided that the best thing for them to do now to to make sure to that we uh, uh, squelch all this uh, COVID stuff that they would do uh, go ahead and do this, but what they did was they they decided. They're pretty well vaccinated up to the hilt yeah, in Canada, oh, yeah. so they couldn't just pick another thing. But the what, that way they need more people, and uh, and the Americans have been doing fine. You know the market was working. We sent more trucks in there, but our more, our American truckers, uh, they were better civil libertarians uh, now, uh, and it's a reversal of what was going on in the '60s. So our truckers weren't getting vaccinated. Ah. We will write a law to protect our people, and maybe uh, if we protect our people, there'll be more drivers. <laughs> so they put on these very strict rules on the American truck drivers if, if they're not fully vaccinated. And you know the American truck drivers aren't going to go all of a sudden and and bow yeah. uh, to to, uh, to the Canadian rules of getting all these vaccines. So it, it's just made things worse. And I, I keep thinking, all, all these things that they do, they never think it through. But what I do remember, though, because I think it's an absolute, Mises said that when you come up with a solution or a regulation of any sort, you will create two new problems. Yeah. And, and that's about what they're doing. New problem. This is just going to be another problem for them, uh, and 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 make their whole whole condition up there food shortages much yeah. worse. And food shortages is going to be very very real that makes that makes me very concerned because when people get hungry they don't a lot of people are out on the street and uh and and that makes people upset especially when there's there's still uh, the very great accumulation of wealth due to the monetary system is at the top one or two percent and uh so uh the people the hungrier they get the angrier they're going to get i i think uh it, it, we, we better do some wising yeah. up pretty soon or we're, this mess that we have now is going to get much worse.
1: Well, if you're hungry in Canada, you can blame Justin Trudeau because it's all <laughs> his fault. My last thing, Dr. Paul, and I haven't done this in a while. I want to put up a chart because I noticed this this morning. And it's fascinating. I don't know the explanation for it. I always like things that I can't explain because it makes me think. And let's put this up if we can. This is fascinating. This is using CDC's own data about COVID comparisons between 2020 in 2021. So in 2020, only 2% of the population was vaccinated. In 2021, that number is 74% and vaccinated means at least one shot. So from 2% to 74% this year. But if you look in cases, we have 72% more cases in 2021 when we were vaccinated and 28% more deaths in 2021 when people were massively comparatively vaccinated I don't know what it means, but those numbers—someone should look into them. That's a lot smarter than I am because that is pretty weird. But you know what? They put some roadblocks in studies that might reveal truth. <laughs> you yeah. know? Oh, you know,
0: you're not allowed to do this if you if you want to study uh, more natural immunity. Oh no, I don't think we need that. We we know everything <laughs> we need to know about that. So
1: yeah, I'm all done, Doctor. All Paul. right,
0: very good. And I want to uh, thank our viewers for tuning in today. And uh, I really am still optimistic enough to believe that we're going to continue this program because we keep hearing from so many of you They say, keep it going, we want to hear it, and uh, more people will join us, and they're always delighted. We're told they're delighted to hear the good side of the story. let just hope that we're not naive and uh, and to think that there is improvement. But I do I do think there is. I think the human race is capable of doing it, but uh, everybody has a part to play. If, if anybody gets to the point where they know and understand what's going on, I think there's a moral obligation, a personal moral obligation, to spread that message uh, in the most mo- uh, modest way possible and uh, where conversion to uh, better ideas and looking for the truth is very, very important. And right now, I think it's the strongest weapon we have and not depending on bureaucrats and the politicians, the demagogues, or university professors that uh, make up most of them that are woke up. So anyway, thanks again for being with us today and please come back soon uh, to the Liberty Report.